Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, uh, I'm just living in the moment right now. Uh, and I think that's the best way to explain it. Uh, I'm just worried about this game, and I'm so glad we got this win. Um, you know, it, it meant a lot to us, not even just for me with my mom, but, you know, we, we, we played some great games, and we deserved some wins, and we didn't come out with them, so it was good to come out with a good win tonight. All right, welcome to the show, Mackie and Judd. Judd's collection of bobbleheads. If you're watching our YouTube channel, that's a cat. That's Carl Anthony Towns right there, cat. and Sid. Sid or the Sid, the Sid bobblehead. Like, like the Towns one does kind of look like him. The Sid one is more like in the Gorgie Jang bobblehead mix, where they yeah. just did like a generic person. It's like this is just like generic old white guy and put glasses on him, and it can just be a Sid Hartman bobblehead. He doesn't, or like it can it. be it can be anyone really. Yeah, the cat one's got a little facial hair, so it looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. He's got the sort of the chin strap goatee situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, on Mondays, we'll dive into statements. We've got talking twins, all of it presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you are a business owner in the state of Minnesota, Federated is here to help you just as they have been for over 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They have tools and they have expertise and guidance and people that can help you maximize your business and maximize your risk protection and your peace of mind. Find out more about not only Federated, but the new recently launched uh, My Shield as well through federatedinsurance.com. Find out what those things can do for your business and download the app. It's also it's free to download uh, Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. I don't think we should waste any time. I think the three of us have been up. texting all weekend long. Yep. There's a million things to get to, including, well, I'll just let Judd start with wherever he wants to. I'm, I'm guessing we're starting with Alex Rodriguez. So fire away, Judd Zolgad. Hold on a second. I got to go through my stack of papers. Here it is. Let's see where I'm going to start. Let's see what my first note from the weekend was. I got some wild. I got some twins. Oh, here it is. Alex Rodriguez and his billionaire partner, Mark Lore have absolutely, hear me clearly, ladies and gentlemen, you Pollyannas out there, <laughs> no intention of keeping the Wolves in Minnesota if they do in, indeed buy the team, and no language that current owner Glenn Taylor puts in the contract is going to stop them from trying to escape Minnesota. It will start with, and this is actually a legitimate place to start it, it will, st- here. it will start with a request saying the Target Center is no longer sufficient to house the Wolves, even with the improvements, and that they need a new arena. 
and that they are going to want state and or county or city help in getting it. This is how it always starts. I live through Norm Green. This is not the Wilfs. This is A-Rod. You really think he wants to own a team in Minnesota? <laughs> well, no. Was that all one statement there? Was yes. that just that whole, was that whole thing? It's a thing weekend just of angst from people being like, the language says they can't move the team. Look at the language. Okay, it's a $50 million buyout, which, by the way, to this group is like 50 bucks to us, maybe five. Um, but it's a weekend of angst from ladies and gentlemen, this is not the Wilfs. Okay. If this team was being bought by out of state, real business people, I'd be like, okay, let's wait and and see. This is a rod and his buddy. You really believe that these guys want to own a team to say, oh, it's just great. We own the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then just quickly, and then just quickly, when you come back and say, yeah, but it's an ironclad lease and blah, blah, blah. My question to you is this. Do you, if, if you tell me right now, I would like to help pay for the new arena in Minneapolis, then they probably stay. But if you're like, no way. Okay. It's on. <laughs> this is what happens right here, by the way, when, when you get a COVID shot and you are on your deathbed for like 24 hours and Alex Rodriguez buys the Timberwolves. And, and sometimes we would do an emergency episode, but like we waited like 48 hours to just to unleash takes on this. And what Judd just did there was the release of like 48 hours of pent up oh, frustration. God, Saturday was brutal. <laughs> I was I was completely completely down Saturday. Oh, how bad? Like, did you have a fever and stuff? How- I I I didn't have a fever per se, but my temperature ordinarily is just a bit low. It went it's up like to normal. Degrees, <laughs> ice in his veins. <laughs> it's like yeah, no, it's like ninety-seven point three, and it went up. It it went up a little bit, but my whole body was so sore, and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't move. Like my back so your, hurt. Your, your average body temperature is like a degree and a half lower than the average person, well, which explain which explains your cold so hearted so evaluation much. of Minnesota. Ninety eight point six is a fallacy. It's a great song. Hey, ninety eight point six. It's good. Now, now that's a fallacy. Okay, people's body temperatures are different. But anyway, get the shot. I got the shot. I lived. I'm glad I got the shot. It's just a bit of a pain in the ass, right, yeah. Dave? So, all right. So, I've been digesting this. I and I've seen. You know, I saw Mike Rand with a write up in the start to be in, and Johnny Krasinski has a write up. And the I think the the narrative right now is: listen, Glenn's gonna make sure two things. Okay, number one, Glenn's gonna look a rod in the eye, just yeah. like he did with Andrew Wiggins, yeah. and make him promise. And maybe there's some loose language that we can put in the contract, but I I want you to look me in the eye with a firm handshake and promise me. You're not going to move the Timberwolves to Las Vegas or Seattle, right? So I'm I'm not worried. For, in fact, my I'll just piggyback. My first statement is you're all overreacting. I trust Glenn and A Rod. A Rod A Rod's always been a man of his word. He's one of the most honest non snake oil salesman people ever, right? What's there not to trust? Plus, A Rod has owned the Twins for 25 years, and they still reside in Minnesota. So. Listen, he's going to own both franchises. Um, on one hand, on one hand, I think people should be happy that Glenn Taylor isn't going to own the team anymore because he is as nice of a guy as he is. He's one of the most incompetent and worst professional sports owners in all four men's leagues the last 25 years. And I know that the Lynx have won four championships. You know why? Because he hired Cheryl Reeve and got out of the way. That's, that's what he did. 
With the Timberwolves, there's been more meddling. There's been bad hires. There's been bad culture. Everything. I mean, the reason why this franchise is in such a tenuous state and one of the lowest valued teams in the NBA is because Glenn Taylor and him setting the culture and him making bad hires over the years, right? He has driven the value of this franchise down so much lower than it needs to be. And so he wants some, like the, the pool of people that will pay the money that he wants and promise to keep the team in Minnesota is basically zero until Alex Rodriguez came along and is like, oh, we'll totally keep the team in Minnesota. Oh, we love the Twin Cities. I've been there at least five times in the playoffs and then hopped right back on a private jet, went back to the coast. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is, on one hand, I'm super happy that somebody else is going to own the Timberwolves, but I think it's right to be skeptical of the motives of Alex Rodriguez and Walmart guy um, and their and their loyalty to Minnesota. So anyone anyone who's trying to push this, listen, like, you guys need to stop worrying about this. No, like, I, I wouldn't, like, lose sleep every night over it. I wouldn't be paralyzed by it, but it is absolutely right to have a little bit of a sideways look at Alex Rodriguez and Walmart guy uh, purchasing the Timberwolves and whether or not they'd like to keep the team here, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a healthy skepticism. So you're telling me, you're telling me that Glenn Taylor, who, Phil, you're exactly right, a guy who got Andrew Wiggins, good old 22, would look him in the eye and say, I'll try hard, just give me that contract. Put her in the old vice and look me in the eye. A-Rod and his buddy Mark Lohr show up in Fort, or in... Um, Florida, Naples, at the Taylor's house, and in a, and they sit down, and Becky, who I'm sure is a great person, makes them a meal, and maybe Glenn helped out, okay? <laughs> and within the course of days, A-Rod, who is, who by the way, is a charmer, like that's oh what makes God. him dangerous, he's like, oh, oh, Glenn, the team's going nowhere, team's going nowhere, and, oh, and Becky, this pie, oh, this apple pie, this I can't believe, yeah, this Becky. is, oh, this is so good, this and, tater and t- like, what do you call this, tater tot, I trust you so oh. much, and by the way, here's the problem, so, so when the team was first reported again for sale last July, the story that came out said that at that time, in, in the midst of a pandemic, Glenn Taylor was seeking $1.2 billion, okay, the valuation this time around now from these two, and this is what Glenn wants, $1.5 billion. So he's getting more than he was going, than he thought he was going to get in July. He's just been sold a bill of goods. And you're all telling me that you think an ironclad contract, it says he can't move. From my time covering the the TV radio slash slash sports business beat at the Star Tribune, I can tell you that people like this are so litigious. It is within their nature to sign the document from Glenn, ask for a new building, be told no, go to the league and say, we can't make it work there, and then go hire A-Rod and Mark Lohr. We'll hire high-priced attorneys from the East Coast who will come in here and browbeat these people here up. God bless us, but we are no match for them. Um, And then I'm telling you, the question becomes this, because if you tell me right now, if you're like, you know what, Judd? I would would take my hard-earned money and be happy to see it put into a new building and don't tell me that they're not going to ask for one and this is why i said when they redid target center what are you doing there there are more seats upstairs than down 
It doesn't have enough sweets. I don't care what you do to the current sweets. It needs more sweets built in, which they can't do. And it is the, Phil, it is the only one of those circa 1990 buildings in the NBA left. Miami Heat's torn down. The Magic, Charlotte, all of those teams, they're uh, Milwaukee. Bradley Center was exactly, basically, this place, a replica. All those, all of those arenas are gone. So if you're telling me that you will help them build, if you'll pay for it, then they stay. But beyond that, like the whole North Star thing, this is it. Norm Green, Norm, the North Stars would still be here if we had given him what he wanted. But we said no. And because of that, they're gone. Though That's always the first step. I, I just, I think it annoys me the most that, really? pe- that people are naive enough to believe this crap. Like, why do we believe this crap? And then and then a guy like me who's 51 who's been through this before tells you, no, here's the cautionary tale. And don't cite the Wilfs. If this was outside business in interest who we didn't know a thing about, I, w- I would take some time to interpret this. It's A-Rod. He's going to be scum of the earth, and he's a charmer. And we're Minnesotans. This is the music man. I will say, I watched a few episodes of Shark Tank last week with A-Rod, and he was great. I mean, he was... He- very, I feel like he's learned his lesson after all the years of lying and cheating. Uh, I think he's great. I will say the most Glenn Taylor thing ever with this sale is the fact that he wants two and a half years yeah. to transition the new ownership group. I want to show you guys. It's going to take about two and a half years for me to show you how we do things here at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Got to show you all if they, the intricate details. If these guys like, sign the papers, look. so if this sale gets done, he'll be pushed out, I bet, within a year. Yeah, I, and that's why I'm torn. Like, I want him out now. <laughs> and you could have presented me 500 <laughs> options of people to buy this team, and I would have been here on this Monday morning. I would have been rejoicing. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been an ode to joy celebration. It really would have. Like, this This was this was Mike, as a, as a guy who's just inexplicably been attached to the Timberwolves emotionally for a long time, like, Glenn Taylor has been awful as an owner. And, like, the list of people that could have bought the team and, like, brought my dauber down is so short, and it includes Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, which you never saw coming. <laughs> which you never saw coming, and again, took a week. I, I mean, think about this. Glenn, God bless him. In one week, A-Rod and Mark Lore show up at your home, and you're like, you know what? You're it. Like what? Like why couldn't it have just been like a random tech entrepreneur who made a billion dollars in Silicon Valley that we've never heard of, right? Like, like it could like the U, like the Utah Jazz owner couldn't it could have just been like some thirty two year old guy that has a bunch of money and just like wants to be the next Mark Cuban, you know? It's got to be Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, because it's the no, maybe he can bring Roger Clemens in as a minority owner. It'll be great. Now I will say this, okay? There is a saving grace here. If one of the first moves, and there, I think there's a window here where, um, you know, now that this is all being put together in framework, I think there's a window where they could turn around people like me and you, and I guess all three of us are sitting here like, oh my God, they're probably going to move the team, right? If Kevin Garnett comes aboard as a minority owner, if Alex Rodriguez, and I believe it's Mark Laurie, I believe it's pronounced. Laurie, okay. Uh, former Walmart CEO, right? So if, if those guys pretty quickly say, listen, Kevin Garnett's coming aboard, and he's going to join this thing once we get rolling. He's we don't know what his role is exactly, but he's going to he's going to buy in, and he's going to be a figurehead for the organization. 
that would make me and a lot of other people feel way better about this. But the absence of KG, the fact that the Wilfs were rumored for a while and then that went nowhere. It's like like these people that would make you feel good about the future of the franchise in the state of Minnesota. If it's just A-Rod and Walmart guy and they don't bring KG on board or they don't make some effort to, to, to say, listen, okay, we actually have plans to make this a championship franchise in the state of Minnesota, people are going to remain skeptical. And quite frankly, people should remain skeptical. Why would you trust these guys? Like, what would you have? In fact, if, if they were to, to, in the next two weeks, say, he's not going to be a partner, but we are we are going to find a way to hire KG, I, I would say they're up to something more. They're up to something. I don't trust them at all. This is as, this, look, there there is, this purchase only makes sense to me if you can get this team to... Vegas, possibly, and, and I know that people are immediately saying, and you're right, but the expansion, the expansion, and that's what the league will want. But that's why you immediately come in and say, we need a new building, and yeah. then the and then the state says no, and then they go to the league, and they're like, hold on a second, you're, you're going to expand to Vegas eventually here, but we got a franchise that's set to move, and by the way, the key, we can't succeed there. The attendance is bad. The arena is bad. We need something different. That's how this all begins. It's it's how it starts and it how and it's how it ends. So that's the problem. And I'm telling you, look at that building right now and look around the league. Even remodeled Target Center doesn't stack up. It just doesn't. No, Judd's, I feel like Judd is laying out the early '90s playbook here as a, as a warning sign, and we should we should heed it. Judd is like, was it um, was it Romeo and Juliet or Julius Caesar? One of the old like old stories. What the Ides of March? Was that Juliet? Was that Romeo and Juliet? Where the the creepy old guy with the hood? Beware the Ides of March. <laughs> yes, beware the Ides of March. I'm See, like, that's Julius Caesar. I'm Julius Caesar. I'm confirmed by the Google, not my brain. Beware. I'm sports dad. I'm here to bring caution. I'm here to warn you. I'm here to make sure you don't repeat the same mistakes that we've seen. And hey, all, I, I'm, all I'm saying is don't believe it. I am. Uh, I'm still. I, I need to know more about like the two and a half years. Like what does Glenn feel like he really well, needs to show these guys? One guy ran Walmart. The other guy has been involved in professional sports for 25 years and also invests in like multiple huge companies and startups and whatnot. Like, does Glenn like? Does Glenn need to show them where like the microwaves are in the <laughs> office kitchen? Like, all right, so, so that it, these microwaves they're a well, little outdated. You're gonna have to add another minute to anything frozen <laughs> that you would put in there. Just want to make concern- sure you know that. Are you taking notes? What concerns me is I think they sat down with Glenn and his wife and and basically went along with all of the stuff Glenn said without any intention of fulfilling it. Yes, oh, two, absolutely. Two and a half years. Oh, oh, we'd love to lo- to For watch. Sure. I mean, I can hear a Rod. No I can I can hear him right now. I can hear him saying, "Oh, it's a great idea, Glenn. We'd love to hear what you have to do." Oh, and and we get to see how you run the team. Oh, that's great. And then and then he and his friend get up and go back to, to their their uh, respective suites or condos or something. Like, did you? He bought all of that. <laughs> <laughs> he bought every Amazing. single bit of that stick. That was good. Yeah, this is why. There is no way. Now, the only thing that I will say until this is completely signed, 
until this is done, I'm not convinced it gets done. Just because there have been so many stops and starts with everything Glenn has done before when, when it comes to the potential sale of this team, and I know that this looks to be a long way down the road, but given all of the parties involved, Phil, I am not completely convinced that this gets done. Here's one more saving grace here for you because I feel like I feel like Judd is Judd is a little early on the full doom and gloom. I'm a little bit more in wait and see mode here. I'm, I'm very curious, but the one thing I will add is that the NBA would love to expand at some point. They're mm-hmm. not just looking to sh- to reshuffle teams. I think in a perfect world they would love to keep a team in Minneapolis, which is one of the top 14 or 15 population and media markets in the country, right? I mean, if it's not working, it's not working. And if they have to if they have to relocate to get um, more value in a different city. But I think what they would love to do is add expansion teams in Vegas and Seattle, get the $250 million expansion fee or whatever it's going to be, and then have, I guess it would be 32 teams uh, across the league. I think they have 30 right now. I've lost count. And then keep the Wolves here. So in a perfect world, I don't think there would be relocation in play here. I right. think there would be expansion. Yep. And so that actually helps the cause for the Wolves to stay in Minnesota. But, but look at the Bucks. What did the Bucks do? The Bucks uh, got bought, and they immediately said, new building or Seattle. Mm-hmm. And and I, I could see the league keeping the expansion possibilities in at least one of, of Seattle or Vegas open long enough to tell us to build a new building or they're gone. Yeah. All right. That was uh, that might have been a record for the longest first statement or two there. I've been waiting days. I mean, I, I, I did have one on Glenn Taylor. It was just, just going to be. Oh, go ahead. Know, it, my, my statement is people lie to you. People lie to you, people. Like, that. this is very pretty obvious. Your athletes lie to you. Politicians lie to you. Your significant others lie to you. Your family lies to you. Your coworkers lie to you. People bleeping lie to you. So who you hurt just, you guys? Yeah, like who, who hurt both of you guys? No, 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 no. not lying. He's yeah. getting duped. He's he's just, he, Alex Rodriguez, dude. He's like one of the biggest snakes in the world. Are you kidding me? You like dude, you you're trust me, Alex you guys, Rodriguez? You guys can't. You guys can't envision a Rod and J Lo sitting courtside for a, for a Wolves. Up. Well, there's. So here's the story about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they. They haven't actually broken up. They're working. They they walked it all back. They're working on things. Oh, they posted okay. a couple oh, photos together. Yeah. But apparently she's not involved in this transaction. Yeah, you know why? Because she's fishy. smart. Yeah, good for her. Because she she's be. smart. She's like, the Mets? Yeah, cool. The, t- his, the what? The, 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 the what? His, Where's that? His first Minnesota? wife in the divorce filed for child aban- abandonment against Alex Rodriguez, dude. His first oh, yeah. wife filed for that in divorce against him. He's not a so, good person, people. He's like, A-Rod has, he has six months, six months to bring KG on board, or it's all like, yeah. you guys are early on this, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm giving him six months to bring KG on board to prove that this team is staying in Minnesota. There's no reason not to bring KG on board at this point. I'm under, so you have six months. Yeah, I'm under the belief that in five years, this team is gone. It's not happening tomorrow. It's not happening in a year or two, but in five years, this team is absolutely gone. That's that's where my head is at. So that yeah, is, because they like they're they're sort of like they're kind of exciting now. They beat the yeah. Bulls last night. Very oh, exciting. That's exactly when Ooh, this yeah, team yeah. would up and leave us. Yeah, when they get when they exciting. Get Please welcome your NBA champion, Vegas, whatever we call them, <laughs> Lobos. The former, the, the, former Lobos. the former Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> a rags to riches story. Amazing. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one here. I'll give you one here. I think this is sort of teeing Judd up for for some twins rantage. Um, Rocco's managing 
seems to have one gear and one gear only, which is all situations and all games are the same, even if they're not. Extra innings, it's the same as the third inning. Everything's the same. Uh, game two elimination against the Astros in the postseason, that's the same as a May 13th game against you know Kansas City. Everything is always the same. I just don't really understand his insistence that everything is a small sample size. And I'm a stats guy. Everything's a small sample size. Everything's the same. And and we just need everyone to feel like they're playing in a Tuesday afternoon and spring training all the time. Uh, extra innings, they're not 0-3. They just, it just seems like they're playing for big innings offensively. Um, and also, one other pet peeve from the weekend. Matt Shoemaker gets the third time through the order, but Jose, Bar- but we're skittish to put Jose Barrios out there a third time through the order. Like I don't know, he just there's some inconsistencies with Rocco's managing that make me scratch my head. I'm not saying fire him. I'm just just questioning. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> I, I was I sick like, on Saturday. We're, we're, I'm pissed we're, off. We're getting where, salty. Where do you want me to start? Um, Extra pitching, let's save the snow stuff for later. Oh we'll yeah, no, no, oh no, 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 no. I no, I'm saying off of what you just said, okay? Because you basically made within that statement were some different, um, some different paths to go down. Do you want me to go with pitching? Do you want me to go with the extras philosophy? Dealer's choice, man. I mean, it sounds you, like you got bullets in the chamber. You okay? I'm going to start with the extras, okay? Okay. First of all, again, I pay for cable. I pay a lot. All right. The primary reason, one of the primary reasons why I pay so much is to get Bally Sports North because I don't want to have to try to stream it or illegally get it. I just want to have it when I want it. So I pay a lot for this Stop channel. Judging me and De- yeah, well, Stop judging about, me. And De- I don't care about what you guys do. are doing, but here's my point. Dick and Justin. I actually like you guys. I, I think Justin does a, a nice job. But stop insinuating or flat out saying that you don't like the extra innings rule now because it's not fair to the twins or it's not or it's not right or it's it doesn't matter what your opinion is of it and by the way I think you liked it when the twins won and now you you don't which frustrates me greatly but I want a discussion on the philosophy that Rocco uses starting in the 10th because there's a great breakdown to be done there. And I'm going to go back to what I keep saying. This is three-on-three overtime when it was introduced in the National Hockey League. If you're a manager or coach, you need to adjust your philosophy for the situation. And it's become very clear to me that the extra inning format when you start a guy on second is not about trying to play for five runs. It's not about trying to get some huge lead. It's about trying to get a run or two as quickly as you possibly can, because that might help you win the baseball game. And the the Mariners showed us in the top of, of the 10th on Saturday, what did they do? They bunted the guy to third. They then, they then didn't get a hit, I don't believe, Phil, in the top of the 10th, but they got the run over because they essentially played old school station to station, which is what you should do in that format, Okay. It's not one through nine. It's purposely different, which is what I sort of like, which is what I, because it's, it's still the game. You're, you're not going to a home run derby. You're still playing the game. And Rocco, you're right. He doesn't do anything that screams of, oh, I get what he's doing. That's a strategical difference, which is what this is all about. 
And and I understand that it might have taken a season or a few games to get your head around what your strategy should be, but we're past that point now. And, you know, in the bottom of the 10th on Saturday, the Mariners have scored a, a run, and yes, they didn't have to get a hit, but I don't care. They worked to get that run across. And your job, if you're Rocco, is to either tie the game or score two. You don't need five, all right? And so you need to get that runner from second to third base, and you need to make sure that you get him in, and hopefully that can lead to a second run. But at the very least, then, you're going to 11. This is the strategy. It's different. So, he, um, but it's not. But it's not. But it's not unfair. It's not. You're, un, you're, it's you're not unfair. Today, it's not unfair to the twins. We literally do not need a Royce Unchained. It's Judd Unchained today. We do not. Royce does not need to come in. I was sick, and I'm watching this, and it made me more ill. Wow. Oh my God. So they have. This is amazing, by the way. Um, they have something called a run expectancy matrix wow. in baseball front offices. Okay. So they keep track of, and I and I'm, I'm this is not a joke. They have a run expectancy matrix that tells you every the average base and out state of every game between like 2015 and 2020. That when there's a runner on first base and nobody out, or a runner on second base and one out, the average percentage chance that that run scores and the average number of runs that you will score in an inning from that point forward. And so what you'll see oftentimes is with a runner, and I've got it right here, actually. With a runner on third base, okay, a runner on third base, and nobody, uh, and I guess it would be one out if you bunted him over. So a runner on third base and one out, you score an average of .95 runs per inning. And this is between 2010 and 2015, according to the website. So, And then when you have, let's say you have a runner on uh, second base, with nobody out, you have an average of 1.1 runs per inning that point forward. So I'm telling, like, what I'm telling you is, teams look at this data and they say, we have a chance, we have a better chance to score with a runner on second and nobody out swinging away than we do a runner on third and one out going forward the rest of the inning. So they're they're so caught up in like right. the numbers and the logic, they're not thinking. Right, but how fast is the runner? Who's the pitcher? What's the current, you know, is it do or die in this situation? And I'm not saying the Twins are, like, paralyzed by this run expectancy chart, but that type of data drives decisions to not bunt or to not hit a ball to the right side of the infield. I think what's happening is teams are just trying to maximize how many runs they can score in any given situation rather than (laughs) let's play for one run here and let's trust that the guy in the on-deck circle who's been making a lot of contact lately or whatever, is going to be able to hit a ball to the outfield and get that guy in from there. I'm, I am largely anti-small ball in baseball, uh-huh. like over the course of the whole season, uh-huh. but there is a time and a place where you absolutely should be playing small ball when the game is on the line late and one run could sway it. So from that perspective, I agree with you. Yes. So, um, yeah, just, it drove me crazy. <laughs> drove me absolutely okay. at the wall. <laughs> drove me batty. And I haven't even gone in on pitching. Did it? Uh, well, go ahead. I mean, let's do it. Go in on make make a statement about yeah. pitching. Let's okay, all right. The pitching issue to me is this, and I'm going to use Big Michael Pineda as my as my example, but I think he's a perfect one. And by the way, he's damn good. Like when he's going, he's really good. Okay. So on Saturday, I think he's at like 75 pitches. 
and you take him out, which means you then have to go to your bullpen, which taxes, which in your mind taxes your bullpen. But the thing about it is, Pineda, to me, should stay in so that on Sunday, Shoemaker can come out. Because when when Shoemaker started to melt down on Sunday, they left him in. And he kept giving up hit after hit after hit. So why not think of it like this? Michael Pineda seems to me like a perfect, He's because he's big, he's strong, seems like the perfect guy who you say privately, this is not said publicly, we have to make some decisions here. And part of that is potentially frying arms, like using an arm up as much as we possibly can. And Pineda is a perfect guy to essentially fry. Like in a year, if he can't pitch, I don't really care. But Well, you need him to, you need what, him to, to be your number three starter maybe in October. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying... You say, can't fry him too much. Right, you can't fry him too much, but you can fry him throughout the course of the season not caring about the next season. And But the point is, explain to me taking Pineda out at like 75 pitches when he's pitching well, so you've got to go tax your bullpen, but Shoemaker stays in as he's disintegrating because you don't want to tax your bullpen. Yeah, I also think, you know, Explain just from a, from a strategic standpoint, listen, I'm all for protecting pitchers' arms. I'm all for looking at the data on third time through the order. And I think I think the game is changing from you let your starting pitcher go until he's on empty and, and has the bases loaded. And then, like, all right, good job. Two outs in the eighth. We'll take you out finally, right? Um, like, we've moved past that. And now we're more into if the guy gives us five pretty good innings and the third time through the order, you know, we're getting to the heart of the order a third time, then let's take him out. But then to win the game from that point forward, you're going to have to use like three or four additional relievers minimum, and all of them have to be on. If one of them's off, then you're going to give up a crooked number like we've seen with Cody Stashak multiple times, it seems like, this year, um, and Alex Calame, which we'll get to. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit torn in that last year these guys didn't throw that many innings, and so you can't just run them out there and throw 115 pitches. And like a bunch of arms are going to explode if every manager in baseball runs these pitchers to the max because they didn't throw 200 innings last year. They only played like two months. So that I so I, I'm okay with babying pitchers a little bit early. I was more irked by like Matt Shoemaker. Not only is he never healthy, but like he's not an ace caliber pitcher, and so he would be the guy that you would take out after four or five innings more than Pineda. So from that perspective, Correct. I do agree with you on that front. By the way, on the pitching front, here's another statement from me. Okay, I think I think it's too early to panic on Alex Colome. I think a lot of people are hmm. freaking out because he's he's blown Alexander two saves Phil. In the first week. He has changed. He wants the full name. Sorry. I know. I, he's very sorry. upset with you right now. You know we have we have limited time on the show here, so I'm, I'm going to short I'm going to shorten names as I see fit. So Alexander Colome, um, he's been one of the better relievers in all of baseball the last six or seven years. He's not on that top top tier because he's not a huge huge strikeout guy like Liam Hendricks or like uh, or all this Chapman has been, but he's in that second tier of really really good relievers, and he's been consistent for like six years and. I think one bad week. If I if I were looking and seeing like a three mile an hour dip in velocity or something, like his velo is fine. He's just having a rough week. So I think that's one thing that I would not push the panic button on. Yes, it's been a buzzkill, and he has he has led the Twins to two unnecessary losses late in games. Um, but it's too early to panic on Alex Kalman. 
That's funny because uh, my statement is I'm done with Alex Colomay as a team's closer. <laughs> wow. That's literally my, my statement. Wow. Zero swinging strikes yesterday. Mm. And, of course, my video freezes the moment I deliver this hot take. His hard right. hit rate and line drive rate are well above league average. Opponents are slashing 360, 385, 520 against him. They're just teeing off against him. I it's think he's a very go. good reliever, by the way. I do. I, I think he's a, he's a good reliever, and, and the Twins have this philosophy of, of maybe using a closer by committee. I think you go back to Taylor Rogers at this point as your closer. Um, I, I just, at this point, with, with two blown saves and an opponent's just teeing off and him not being a big strikeout guy, I don't want him as my closer right now. That's where I'm at. But hold on a second, though. I, I thought that it, it was now in baseball uh, parlance a hodgepodge of, because if you bring in, so are you going to bring him in in the seventh? And what if he implodes then? So I, I think you got to let him work through this. And if it keeps up for the, the long term, you're probably just in trouble, right? But like you, in baseball now, it's not the, the old school, let's put in a guy that sucks in the sixth. So if he comes in in the seventh in an important position and he blows up, that's still a really bad thing for you. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's got to be go more bad stretches. Yeah, I think there's got to be a little bit more. Uh, patience here. I'm just telling you the way to untax the bullpen a bit is to make decisions. And I'm not implying that anybody right now should have a pitch count of like 115 to 120. I am saying that if a Michael Pineda is pitching well, I take him up to 90-ish and and therefore takes some of the load off my bullpen. Um, but I, I don't get it sometimes. Like Three years in now with Rocco, there's just times I don't get it. I because I, I don't because the philosophy at times is consistent, and then at times it's not consistent. Well, you you also have to keep in mind they're right or wrong. They're using a lot of information that's not available to the public to make decisions on bullpen usage and lineups and whatnot. So there's going to be things that don't make sense to us that they're not going to give us an explanation for because they consider it to be private information or. Proprietary. I'd like to see it though. Analytical data. I'd like right? to see it though because I've got. A You're feeling, never going to. No, I know, but I got a feeling if they c- called me in privately and they like gave me a sheet, like they're they're like Judd, this is where it all is. They're I, not using sheets of paper for this, by the way. I but just for the sake of this discussion, <laughs> I would take the sheet and I would say, okay, we're not using that anymore. Hold on, I'm going to throw it away. Okay, okay Rongar. Okay, I just Ron threw Gar, it away. Yeah. That, I just that's threw how it you away. Get, get off my lawn. That's how you get fired and lose a hundred games yeah. for four straight years, though. There's a term. You can't, re- you, you can't rip the tear. I, I agree with some of this, but you're taking it so far. Like you feel like Rocco is incompetent. I feel no. Like. Oh and no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, and, no, no, no. I and don't. I'm, and, and I'm saying there are some that's things to true. poke at. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. He is very. They're very smart people. I do think that what we are starting to see, though, in, in trying to like. In trying to get my mind around what they're doing, I think the old term paralysis by analysis plays a role at times. I I think they use so much information that I'm not sure that they sort it out correctly as far as the bins of what you need and what you don't need. Um, Uh, I I also think part of the problem is they're concerned about hurting feelings at times. I really do. I agree with that. Yeah, it kind of. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they also like have savagely. Remember, Young Ho Park had a ridiculous spring training, and they savagely sent him back down, and he never played in the major leagues again. I so like they, that. Yeah, they will make savage decisions. Uh, they'll leave Matt Whistler off the roster if they feel like he just isn't going to repeat his performance. So I don't know. It's they're very 
they're, they're very smoke and mirrors over there, and I still feel like this is a really, really good team. They just had a couple weird, completely unnecessary losses. Agree completely. In the first week of the season. Uh, the next statement, real quick, is powered by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. By the way, Jim Nance got super excited over this music at the beginning of the coverage yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the, the Masters. He even had the whispery tones. It's all coming up next at the Masters. <laughs> Masters. All right, PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise. The new Gen 4 golf clubs have landed. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons. These are PXG's flagship clubs and hands down the best performing clubs PXG has ever made. If you want to look sharp apparel-wise, I'll tell you what, the uh, PXG Spring Summer Apparel Collection has arrived in store. You can visit PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. My statement is, all due respect to Hideki Matsuyama, who became the first Japanese-born player to win the Masters. Mm-hmm. My statement is, this was as big of a buzzkill Masters as I can remember in years. Just like almost no drama. There was a little drama for about five minutes on the back nine when Matsuyama put a ball in the water and a six-stroke lead went down to one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like everyone who chased him also melted down. So we didn't really get drama. Tiger Woods wasn't playing, obviously. Rory shot like a plus seven and missed the cut. Dustin Johnson missed the cut. Um, and so, kind of a kind of a buzzkill, Masters. You guys didn't really miss much if you weren't dialed into it all week. I watched baseball. I was still I was still dialed into it, but I was dialed kind of, in all week. You were dialed into the Masters. Oh yeah, I was. I, I watched a good amount of it. I uh, on Friday night, I I just I, I I even just stayed home. I just watched a movie. I kept it very low key. It was a very, the most low key Friday night for Declan Goff in of months and maybe even wow. years. You could even say. Look at you, showing restraint. Was in bed by midnight, only had you. two drinks. It was in bed by midnight. In bed by midnight, man. <laughs> Good for you. That's a that's a step up for me. That's a step up Dude, for Dude, I, I like watching me try to stay up till midnight, even on New Year's Eve, is just like like oh, bags under the eyes. I'd love to see it. Nine thirty. I love sleep now. Appropriate. I'm time. such a sleep fan. Me too. It's great. Get up early. Wake up with the birds, Ugh. the sunrise. There's start nothing your day. I loathe more than the morning. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Even even now, I get up at seven forty-five, and I'm like, I hate this. I can't stand this. And 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 I that's mean, even a step not, up for me. You're not fourteen anymore. Like at some point, are you are, are you going to get up at like five thirty at some point? And zero chance. Why would you get up some fresh oh, air? Oh no, zero. No, screw that. Zero chance. No. Oh, so Jud Judd's only kind of in on mornings then. Yeah, I sleep to like eight or so. Yeah, eight's oh. fine. No, it's five thirty. There's a, there's a lot of people here no. who have kids that are just like, and I don't have kids, yes. but a lot of people who are like, like yeah, you guys sleep till eight, huh? Oh yeah, yeah no. If you have right. kids, all bets yeah, are no, off. All bets are off. All bets are off. Yeah. Okay, I've got anyway. one statement. <laughs> I got a statement. <clears throat> Dean Evason leaving Koppel Kokkinen in Friday night in St. Louis to give up nine goals was <laughs> goaltender abuse. It was goal, and I know that Cam Talbot's the other goaltender, and I know that he was going to play, and he did play on Saturday in what became an overtime loss to the Blues. But Kapokakinen's a kid, okay? Um, it was completely unfair when the Wild, and he did not play well, but the Wild played a terrible game. Nine goals against is a franchise record. I mean, it's off the charts bad and embarrassing. And to leave that poor kid in, that guy in, to give up all nine goals, give me a break. Cam Talbot could have gotten a period. Like, it's just, um, 
I have some questions when it comes to Dean. I think he does a good job in the room, and I think he's done a nice job. I have some questions about his in-game philosophy, though, and and allowing a goal allowing a goaltender to give up nine goals and basically making him eat that is a complete lack of awareness when it comes to the people that play that position. Was he sending a message or something? No, I know he was just going to play Cam Talbot on Saturday, and so he didn't w- want to wear him out on Friday, but. The goaltender position is a really nuanced sort of mental position. And and Kyle Kokkinen is not a 32-year-old guy who's been playing for a long time. I mean, this is his first full year in the league. So I think at some point, probably after two periods, you just put Cam in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, but can I ask this it question? It was not really like, fair. Or it wasn't so it's fair. A back- it's a back to back, and you're 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 going to lose. Like you're down six to what six to one or whatever. Like going into the third period, the game is over. Yeah, you're going to lose. Yep. And so from so now your decision is okay. Do I because I feel bad for my guy who's getting shelled here? Like do I bring in the goalie for tomorrow and now maybe burn him out on a back to back, or do I just like it, it? I don't know. If it were me, I wouldn't feel any better getting hooked after two periods. Like I might as well just. Take my. I've already taken my lumps. Mm-hmm. I'm already mentally damaged. If I'm going to be mentally damaged, was was it that big of a difference leaving him in for the third period? I guess is my question. I thought so because there's no reason to have a young goaltender who you're attempting to develop eat all of that. I like it's not Cam Talbot's not going to collapse on on Saturday because he played an extra period on Friday. Um, I think as far as guard as far as uh, guarding Kapo Kakadin's mental stability, and you know what? Goaltenders can be a weird breed, but that's just a fact. That you don't make him, and the team played so bad, you don't make him eat that entire game. And the team was awful. Yeah. Like, they didn't show up. It was, it was embarrassing. I, I turned it off after one period and turned I don't on blame my movie you. Friday night. That's what I did. Nine but, goals! Yeah. You got to work to give up nine goals. Yeah, like Does you Dean are Evison, per- percent not chance trying. Dean Evison is the coach next year. Oh, hundred oh, percent. It's, it's very high. Hundred, one hundred. It's very high. Yeah, I'm just questioning that that move. And I think in game he does some things that he probably can can stand to learn from. That's fair. All right. Any other final statements, I'll, I'll Dex? Just, I'll just piggyback quickly because it's on the wild too, and it's it's what you're gonna do, Billy. Um, and that's also a little bit of a WrestleMania tie-in since Mania was last night as well. <laughs> Uh, what you going to do, Billy? It's the NHL trade trade deadline this afternoon. Uh, we saw Taylor Hall get traded yesterday from Buffalo. Some trades are starting to filter in a little bit. Are you going to make a move? I don't think they're going to be buyers, but could you also sell and also get something back for one of these pending UFAs? You probably could. I'm curious what they do. I think most likely they stand pat, but I'm curious what Billy does. Yeah. Do you think he's going to make a splash? No. I don't think he'll make a splash. I would like for him to make I would like for him to make a splash. This is not the year to... To make a splash. Make a splash. No, I might do it next year, but you're no. He's got talent coming up. They're they're in a really good good place. The other thing that we're that we are ignoring is the most important thing that he's done is not necessarily on the ice. The most important thing that he has done in, in being the architect of much of this current roster is off the ice, and and. I can't have spent, and I did, the past four or five years complaining about this team and the mentality, and now be like, well, but you got to trade guys away. This is a tightrope that he is walking from an architectural standpoint of rebuilding this room and this team, 
And so if you go out and make a splash and now you get in good time scoring party boy, that creates a problem. And the most important thing, and this is going to take some work, Phil, the most important thing that he has to do is he needs to acquire talent, but he has to be very careful to acquire the right talent um, as much off the ice for a guy like Kaprizov's sake. Because I think Kaprizov strikes me as a good kid, and hockey players, hockey players like to have a good time. And you got to be careful about the people that you bring in. And so there, there's yeah. two things at work here. One is who can you get, and the other question is, is that person a person that you want on your team? Because we've seen guys come into that room and not exactly been constructive with what they do. So we don't need we don't need him hanging around guys like Declan that never go to bed before midnight. Correct. We, we want some early cur- early curfew guys well, on that team. Kirill is in the North Loop. I've yet to see him in person, but I do know he resides in the North Loop. So it's only a matter of time before him and I, you know, here's we a Manhattan or so somewhere. At Red you, 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 yeah. you break bread at the. We rabbit. don't want yeah. that. Ugh. We don't want that, Declan. We want oh. you to tell Kirill go to bed. Okay, one one more question on uh, on on goalie gate here before we get to talking twins and a deep dive into Miguel Sano's struggles. Sure. So in in baseball, when a pitcher is getting rocked and like a team is down fifteen to three or something in the eighth inning, and you don't want to burn any more pitchers because the game's already over, why would I want to burn a guy for tomorrow? You just bring in a position player. And so I get that it's sacrilege in the NHL. Like, well, goalies are one thing, and skaters are the other thing. Like, okay, the game is over. You've already you're like you're yeah. waving the white flag. You're about to give up nine goals. Like, why not just put your Victor backup Ask? backup defenseman back there, or like a fourth line forward? All right, dude. We don't care what happens. Like, if you give up six goals in the third period, it's not that big of a deal. Just stand there and <laughs> don't get hurt. Don't get I hurt. mean, like, why not? Um, can't be that much different. And like, you're not expecting him to stop goals like, you know, like he's a professional top line. My goalie, guess is there, there would be months? concern because the person has not played goal that, that he would get hurt somehow. That's my that guess. He would take like, like a puck to the larynx that, or something. Well, yeah. Or that just something <laughs> like, like that's, I don't think that's ever been done. And I, my guess is because there's a fear of the fact that if you took a position player who doesn't wear the equipment, who do- doesn't know how to play the position, that they would be hurt. That's my guess. Yeah. Because hmm. it, it would be great fun. Now in goal, just, number just 49, Victor Ask. Victor Ask. <laughs> he hasn't ha- had a great game, so let's see what he can do in goal. <laughs> I'm here for it. I think it'd be Oh, Victor, fun. you gave up 15 goals. That really sucked. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's. This, this is basically a therapy episode of Mackie and Judd on this Monday, so let's, let's just continue it. We're gonna win, twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win, twins. What's that baseball score? All right, so every day we uh, we have our talking twins segments and discussions, and you guys are gonna do uh, as you do every Monday a bonus discussion with Jake DePew, the artist formerly known as Curse of Punto on Twitter, uh, and our twins discussions are brought to you today by Dennis Kirk. And DennisKirk.com, riding season is here. Fingers crossed that uh, there's not another snow dump at some point. Like a few years ago, there was like an April 18th blizzard, so you never know. Stop. It happens. But, uh, Stop. You know, it is Minnesota. But uh, Dennis Kirk is here. Whatever you ride, Harleys, Metro Cruisers, sport bikes, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets as well. Order by 8 p.m., and they ship the same day, and shipping is free on orders over $89. DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride. Um, 
I saw Judd fighting with twins bloggers what? and fans about Miguel Sano on Twitter all weekend. He posted a column at scorenorth.com about Miguel Sano. So Sano is off to a terrible start. His batting average is 091. He has left everybody on base, it seems like, this year. He does have one home run on the season. That's nice. Um, but, he, but his OPS is 432, which is about half of league average or so. So, Judd, why don't you explain to us what your plan would be for Miguel Sano? Okay. If this was a nine-game sample size, okay, I would not have written this column. I would not be engaging in in the conversation that we're about to engage in. Mm-hmm. And I saw that note that I got on Twitter last night. You know, it's nine games. And if it was nine games, they're right, I'm wrong. But it's not nine games. It's all of last year in which Sano played 53 of 60, of 60 games. And it's nine games this year. He is at 091 and looks completely lost. And so my solution, to be clear, is not you got to trade him. You're going to get nothing for him. My solution is not send him down. You can't. Not possible. He'll be claimed. My solution is not jettison him to, uh, you know, find an injury. Just find an injury. What I am suggesting is that help is around the corner. And I really believe that after watching him at the plate of of late, and don't tell me about he's taking a ton of pitches or his at-bats. I got this one. He's swinging at good pitches. And my response to that is, well, that makes it worse because that means he just can't hit good pitching. Like he, if there's nothing wrong with the pitches that he is swinging at, and that's what you're telling me, then what you are saying is he is incapable of hitting balls that most people in the major leagues are hitting. So my solution is this. Playing him every day is unfair right now. It's unfair to the team. It's unfair to him. It is feeble at the plate. It is awful. Uh, I believe it is come Friday, after after this coming Friday, Alex Kirilov can be called up without accruing a year of service time. So and he fixed a lot of those flaws these last two weeks. Oh, like thank- they've had some great practices. And he's great got practices. the bat now on, or the, the donut on his bat correct, so when he swings oh, it, yeah. it's like that. I was yeah, so it was like, worried it was like, about It was that. rattling, but he yeah. was like rattling. Yeah. And he didn't know, oh, oh, and he misused the pine tar. Yeah. Like, now he's got the pine tar down. Like there they, was were a, wor- they were worried about the, a George Brett situation. The the walk, they should have been. The walks he was going to hit a home uh, run. The walks around Mears Park in downtown St. Paul's really put his mind in the right spot as he transitions across uh, across the light rail tracks into Minneapolis. That I mean, really it's very meditative. Very, very meditative. He's a different guy now. He's a different mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he, I heard he I heard he shaved his beard. Yeah. I, I'm a St. Paul guy he, went to Minneapolis. Did, did he have a beard? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, so he has played. <laughs> so, so in 2019 at double-A Chattanooga. Kirloff played, I believe it was 35 games at first base. He hadn't played first base before that, but he played 35, I think it was, games at first base that summer. Um, Also, when when the Twins had their training camp at Target Field before last season started, I noticed that they had him at first base an absolute ton. Okay? So Mm -hmm. clearly there is a plan in place there to get him comfortable and to get him in a a position where he can play first. That's not an accident, as we discussed before. The Twins aren't dumb. They don't do things for the sake of doing things. 
right or wrong, there's a philosophy to doing them. I think you are in a position now where with Sano going like he's been going for just over a season that you are in a situation where I'm not saying he can't play, but you could have a lineup at times that would have Kirloff at first, Donaldson at third, and a rise and left, right? Right? And then, and then on the days that you play Miguel, it could be Miguel at first, Arise or or JD, depending on if he can play or not at third, and yeah. Kirloff in left. My point being is, I'm trying to come up with a solution here that doesn't have him playing every day because I'm tired of this. Well, just wait; he's going to break out. And ordinarily, when he does, he gets really hot for a week or two, and then we go back. There needs to be a plan that doesn't rely on him to play every single day. And I think that's a good way to approach it as opposed to just trade him, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, So I think people romanticize about the player they thought he was going to be five or six years ago. And the and the player that that we saw as an eighteen nineteen year old and in the minor leagues right just hitting ridiculous bombs and and the thing that really stands out to me is we and we can talk about his potential we can talk about who he was meant to be as a player and what his upside could still be so he's twenty eight years old and this is his seventh partial season or full season in the major leagues he's had over two thousand plate appearances in the major leagues. How many 30 home run seasons does he have? One. Now, th- does that mean that he's not a prolific power hitter? No, he is. Like, absolutely. That dude runs into a, a pitch that he likes. He's going to hit it farther with more exit velocity than almost any player in baseball. But when you really get down to it, he's not healthy enough. He gets hurt more often than most players not named Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson <laughs> on this team the last seven years. So that's part of it. Um, he strikes out way too often for him to be productive in all areas. Like he's, you can't hit for a high batting average and a high on base percentage when you're giving away 40% of your plate appearances to automatic outs. And you mentioned it's not a nine game sample size. It's more go look at last year. I'll zoom out even further. It's not just this year. It's not just last year. And yes, he has stretches where he's hot, but baseball is not about just the stretches where you're hot. It's about, How productive are you over long stretches of time? How consistent are you, right? If you go back to the beginning of the 2018 season, so I'll give you three seasons and then the first nine games this year. He has almost 1,000 plate appearances since the beginning of 2018. Is that enough of a sample for everyone? Sample size police. Sample size police. Are you going to pull me over? Not yet. Is, 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 Is that enough of a sample size? He's hitting 217 with a 308 on base percentage. And yes, his slugging percentage is 486, and that's good. But those are like, you can, I got torched on Twitter and on blogs and podcasts last year when I suggested that his productivity is very replaceable. That like, you can find dudes who don't really have a position, you got to put a first baseman's glove on them, and they strike out all the time. And they hit for a low batting average and low on base, but they hit for some power. I said, you can find that. I'm sorry. Like, let's stop romanticizing about what you thought he was going to be and let's start dealing in reality. And, like, people, like, Twins blogger, like, literally said, you are an idiot and should never be able to speak your thoughts on the Twins ever again. Like, this is such a bad opinion. Is it? 
I mean, what is like our when, when we talk about Miguel Sano, are are people are you dealing in reality or are you dealing with what you thought he was going to be five years ago? That's my biggest question to people. And do I think there's a hot streak coming? Yes. I think he's going to get red hot for like two or three weeks. Yeah. Just like he always does. Sure. And the numbers are going to go up. He's not going to hit 091 for the season. No one's saying that. He's going to go. He's going to get super hot and look amazing for a couple weeks. Sure. It's always been about consistency over the long run. And this is year seven. And, and we've just, we haven't seen it. We so, haven't seen it. So I, I think the answer to your question, Phil, is this. I, I think there are those who decided a long time ago that they were in Sano's camp and that they were stands of his and and they picked their fight, okay? And he's their fight and they're not going to budge. And then there's the people that just think he sucks and he's worthless and he's terrible and he, he, he should be cut tomorrow and they're not going to change. Where I'm at and where I think the show should be at is what's the solution now? Like, where do we go? Like, we need to accept. This needs to be a conversation to me of the acceptance of who he is with what, how can the twins, and this is what they're talking about. Like, they, they don't sit down and it's like Derek here and Rocco there. He's terrible. No, he's great. No, he's terrible. They need to have, and I guarantee you that they can cite chapter and verse, the statistics that you just gave, Phil. Um, they're concerned about it. And so the conversation now needs to stop being he's the worst player in baseball history. No, he's going to be great. And it needs to be what can you do to work around the issue, knowing that at least for 2021, he's going nowhere. And my idea is Kirloff can play some first base. Um, A rise in left might not be great, but he's a good player. He's a damn good player, right? If Donaldson is healthy, he he plays third. I, I look this up i believe that because i i assumed that donaldson playing first wouldn't be a hard move i don't think he'd like it but he can do it i thought he's only started like one game in his entire career there and played like four times there so the kirloff at first is is probably a more realistic option here's another piece to your solution all right so sano is really bad against hard throwing pitchers he just gets blown away by fastballs up 97 98 and the bad news for him is there's more dudes throwing like that now than there were when he came in the league even you know six, seven years ago. So according to baseball reference, they, they classify the opposing pitchers that you face as power pitchers, average, and finesse pitchers. And so he's had about the same amount of plate appearances against all three of those categories. He's had, a, he's had 630 plate appearances against power pitchers, and then 800 against average, 800 against finesse. So it's pretty pretty similar sample across the board. His OPS against power pitching is 200 points lower than it is against finesse pitching. Now I'm guessing if you took a trip through every baseball player's profile, I, I would say that just anecdotally, most hitters are going to be better against finesse pitching than power pitching because it's like it's harder to hit a 98 mile an hour pitch when there's the threat of a breaking ball. But he literally is a 214 hitter with a 407 slugging percentage in his career against power pitching. And so could you look strategically at this point to just, all right, if there's a starting pitcher that doesn't throw gas, right, look to get him out of the game. I mean, he bases loaded in his career. He bats like 150. So he's, like, he, he's, he, he's gearing up in these situations sometimes to try and hit. And so, and oftentimes when the bases are loaded, you're facing a reliever either to mop it up or you know you're late in the game. Um, and so I think one of my solutions would be 
look to sit him strategically against guys who throw really hard, either in the game. If you have to pinch, I know it sounds crazy, pinch hitting for a guy that can hit a ball 500 feet. Uh-huh. But he has almost no chance against some of these hard-throwing pitchers. And so you might have to wrap your head around the idea of, like, as crazy as it sounds, pinch hitting like Williams Astadio who can make contact when there's a guy on base for Miguel Sano. I'm not saying he's not going to get hot. I'm not saying that you need to boot him off the team. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with your philosophy that they just need to find some solutions in certain situations that he has no chance in. Yep. And let's stop romanticizing about the guy we thought he could be five or six years ago. Exactly. So Obviously, a lot of people listen to this podcast when it happens, but Sano is in the lineup today, and Josh Donaldson apparently is ready and able to come back, but they're due to the weather, they are monitoring and a little tepid on how they want to put well, him won't back. He play in for all line. of April then. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposed to, it, it could snow here tomorrow. It might <laughs> exactly. snow here tomorrow. And it might, and Due it's, to I think the it's weather. It's supposed to rain today. <laughs> it's the weather. Due to the weather, the twins have traded Josh, Josh Donaldson to the yeah. Padres. <laughs> God. Amazing. So, um, by the way, uh, if you're dealing with a broken down hamstring or you're dealing with a broken down swing. What about my first baseman? Down, yeah a broken down approach <laughs> against hard throwing pitchers or you have a broken down phone tablet or laptop Whamatec is here to help you guys out local company based in Minnesota and they are a trusted supplier of pre-owned phones tablets and laptops and new accessories so um they'll source pre-owned devices themselves and pass the savings on to you which is a huge benefit and they'll even buy your old device for cash buy sell trade in whatever you need uh, that's where Whamatech comes in to take great care of you. Find them online at whamatech.com, W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. All right. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Declan and I should get like a therapy consultation fee for, for Judd today. Right, man. I mean, we were. There's a lot to be worked up about this weekend. For you. There's a lot to be worked up about this weekend. There was a lot that went wrong. I had a great weekend. I, I relaxed. I watched my Huskies get spanked in the national championship game. I was going to say, it was game. not a good I mean, weekend for our sports That, that didn't teams. make my Except statements. For the Wolves but, week. like, to be honest, like, that, that, that game had zero effect on me. Like, it, it, them losing or even them winning, that, that's, like, list number six in the things I want to see in Minnesota sports. And it's my alma mater. I'm, 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 a, I'm a proud St. Cloud State Husky. But I just, it, it did not have any effect on me. Dead no effect. Bianca Belair won the, the yeah, women's that championship. Was Ray Ripley treat, won it, dude? That was a, that was an absolute. Treat. Dude, Roman Reigns pinned both Edge and hey, Daniel Bryan, yeah, like stacked them on top of each other. WrestleMania was pretty fun. This where week. does where on earth does does Bad Bunny fit into all of this? I kept seeing the, that he was involved. He, he put on yeah. a. He was pretty damn good. No, I was impressed. But I mean, he's a he's a rapper. A rapper, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, the it, WWE he, always brings in a celebrity every so, year to okay. do a match or something. Okay. And the tie-in Judd was he wrote a song called Booker T, and Booker T was a is a for, is a former famous WW, WCW and WWE superstar okay. and Hall of Famer. Gotcha. Yeah. So I that's just where he didn't know. got brought in. But yes, yeah, and he he played pretty well. He did pretty well. I was Good impressed. For him. I was impressed. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Tyson going to make an appearance on AEW this week. We got to get Judd into the week to week here. Yeah, it's going to be. It's not going to happen. That part's not going to happen. Oh, oh, dude, Judd, did you see who the new Monday Night Raw play by play guy is going to be? No. I wonder if we should. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five guesses of former ESPN personalities. Is this replacing? Think, yeah, uh, it came down. Well, well M- Michael Cole was the longtime Raw announcer, then he went to SmackDown. So this is replacing a guy named Tom Phillips, who's just anonymous. So. Coachman. No. It's a great guess. Jonathan Coachman, because he came from the wrestling world. Yeah. Yep. And he was the play-by-play guy at one point. It's not Jonathan Coachman. So it's a former ESPNer, though. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. former CNN anchor. Very, very prominent ESPN. Over the last like few not years. Not like not like A level, but like B level, formerly B level. ESPN TV, ESPN Radio. Not Trey Wingo. No. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. Oh, okay, I was gonna say Trey Wingo would not do that. ESPN Radio? Anchor. Like a like a like a pretty prominent sports center anchor over the last four or five years. Adnan Verk. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, man. Adnan oh, I, wouldn't, I would Ad- never have guessed him. Adnan Verk had a big week, so he apparently is going to take over Monday Night Raw duties, and he signed on to be part of Dan Levitard's new podcast network. Really? All in the same week, yeah. Good for him. For I like he him. He does movies. He I does like sports, him a lot. Apparently he does wrestling. No kidding. So I, I hope he succeeds. It's, it's, that's got to be one of the hardest jobs. And people, oh, it's all scripted. It's a, like that job, though, yeah. telling a story throughout the course of yeah. three hours with Vince McMahon yelling at you in your ear the whole time. And then, like, the, the, the list of 100 words and phrases you aren't allowed to say, you know, yeah. it would be really hard. But, yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> good for him. That's awesome. He's good. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap on today's feisty statements edition of Mackie and Judd here. Uh, and also, a, a, a quick shout-out. I made an appearance on the 10,000 Swings podcast last night, a master's recap. If you want the full deep dive and all of my nerdy thoughts on the Masters, check out 10,000 Swings, a Minnesota golf podcast on scorenorth.com and Apple. Scorenorth.com is a central hub for everything we do, including Judd articles and Mackie and Judd, Royce Unchained, the Scoop of Doogie, Purple Podcast, or Purple Daily. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.